helping men to live their Catholic faith boldly. This is Men of Christ Radio on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Powerful and inspiring conversations with Catholic speakers and leaders about your family, your parish, your nation, your world, and what you, as a man of Christ, can do about it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Men of Christ Radio here on WSFI Catholic Radio. My name is Brian Farley, and Men of Christ, if you don't know, is an apostolate, in generally in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee of Wisconsin region, but we spread throughout all of southeast Wisconsin and northern Illinois and are spreading even further which is great. What do we do? We work to evangelize, catechize, and unify men to help them live their Catholic faith more boldly. And generally we do that through workshops and retreats and mainly through a conference we have each spring in Milwaukee. It's a big deal, about 2,500 to 3,000 men, and we celebrate our Catholic faith. We bring in awesome speakers, and we have vendors and all kinds of events, obviously adoration, mass, confession. It's a great event. This year, coming up. It's going to be uh, April 1st, 2017. So mark your calendars. The Men of Christ Conference, Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Milwaukee Theater, April 1st, 2017. Right now we're working on getting our speakers and putting everything together, but it's going to be fantastic. And our working theme for this year is Obedience Amid the Rebellion. It's quite a bit of rebellion going on in our culture, in our world, spiritually, as well as in many other ways. And it's important for us Catholic men to remain obedient to, to God, to Christ, to the magisterium of the Catholic Church. Easier said than done, but that's why apostolates like ours exist. So, anyway, before the conference, before the retreats and the workshops, we like to keep word out there for all of you, and that's what this radio show is all about, is to try and keep the message going, bring in some of those experts and wise individuals to talk about aspects of the Catholic faith pertinent to men, but to all Catholics, with unique perspective. That's what this radio show is all about. We've been doing this for some time, and we've got another awesome episode for you today. This episode is going to be airing on and around the July 4th, 2016. It's the 240th anniversary of our nation's independence. So I thought it would be appropriate to do a salute to the military men and women who have won that independence for us and who sustain it for us these 240 years. God bless them. Speaking in Normandy, France, on the 40th anniversary of the D-Day invasion, this would be 1984, Ronald Reagan made a point, and it's a quote that stuck with me for a long time, and it resonates, and it's kind of a, a theme for today's show. He said that he prays that we never lose sight of, quote, the deep knowledge that there is a profound moral difference between the use of force for liberation and the use of force for conquest. Now, 32 years later, I'm wondering, have we lost sight of this profound moral difference? There's a lot of people, a lot of them Catholics, or people who call themselves Catholics, who think that the American military is primarily just a force for evil, oppression, destruction, and death, and it's antithetical to the peace of Christ. There's the Pax Christi movement, the Jesus is a liberal movement, all these kinds of things. Are they right? No, who knows? Turn the other cheek? Well, the church still stands by her just war doctrine. If you look in the catechism, sections 2307 through 2317, lay it out pretty clearly under the commandment of thou shall not kill, that while war is to be avoided, it can be justified in some cases. 
But the debate rages on among many people. And in this age of terrorism, what does just war look like? So with that, our guest today is Pat Griffin, who is a retired United States Marine Corps individual. I don't remember his rank. I'll have to ask him what his rank was. But he's retired USMC and co-founder and vice president of Men of Christ. So he's the perfect guest. Pat served in the Marines for about 12 years from 1985 to 1996. And he was an officer for nine of those years. So he knows a lot about the military and about leadership and about the Catholic faith, both personally and objectively, as a founding member of Men of Christ. So we'll talk to him in just a little bit. Before we start, we like to begin things with a prayer. So if you'll join me, I'd like to consecrate myself, this show, and all of us to uh, our Queen in Heaven, Mother Mary. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Mary, my Queen, my Mother, I give myself entirely to Thee, and to show my devotion to Thee, I consecrate to Thee this day my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, my whole being without reserve. Wherefore, good Mother, as I am Thine own, keep me and guard me as Thy property and possession, Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. All right, well, now we're ready. We're fortified. We're ready to go. So we're going to take a quick little break. We'll come back with our guest, Mr. Pat Griffin, and talk about Catholicism and the United States military on this 4th of July. Listen at 7 o'clock p.m. every Tuesday to WSFI Spotlight, a half-hour conversation with outstanding Catholics from our community and around the world. WSFI Spotlight re-airs on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. or listen on demand anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit WSFIRadio.org for more information. It's WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Only on WSFI Catholic Radio, Tuesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Hello, I am Bishop Don Hying from the Diocese of Gary, Indiana. Catholic Radio has a remarkable reach into the minds and hearts of all sorts of people who may not be going to church, who may not have any other connection to learning about the faith. I know so many people have grown in the Catholic faith because they listen to Catholic Radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MAT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Did you know you can listen to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio online? Visit WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen Live. That's WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen Live. WSFI is on social media. Follow us on Twitter at WSFIFM. 
and like us on Facebook by searching for WSFI Catholic Radio. All right, well, we're back on Men of Christ Radio. Thank you all for listening on WSFI 88.5 Catholic Radio. This is Brian Farley, and again, our guest today is Pat Griffin, USMC retired and also a founding member of Men of Christ. Pat, now I've worked with you for a while, but I've never really gotten too much into the specifics of your military career. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience with the Marines and also the founding of Men of Christ? Certainly, Brian. Thank you. I, just one quick correction. I, I didn't, I'm not a retired Marine. I actually resigned my commission a number of years ago after I met my wife for the second time. And I thought options with my wife looked a little better than options with the Marine Corps at the time. So I <laughs> resigned the commission and I courted her and you know, we're heading on our 19th year in marriage. But I did the Marine Corps thing all backwards at the beginning. I, I worked my way through college, graduated, and instead of going to officer candidate school, I went through the delayed entry program in 1984, got into boot camp in 1985, was an honor man graduate from boot camp, and then was 0311, and then the Marine Corps finally, which is infantry, and then the Marine Corps finally found my my paperwork, and they sent me to the Defense Language Institute in Monterey, California, where I studied Spanish, and from there went to a couple of different postings to include uh, Goodfellow Air Force Base, for some follow-on training, and then to Guantanamo Bay in Cuba, where we I worked with the SIGINT company down there, which is just a single intelligence post that listens in the different things. While I was there, I was posted for the officer candidate school, went through that entire program, was accepted to OCS, went to OCS, went to the basic school, graduated from those, became a 0202 intelligence officer in the, in the Marine Corps, Worked overseas in Okinawa, the Middle East, a number of different places. Then I had a op- great opportunity. I became an internal pilot on the remotely piloted vehicle company out of 29 Palms in California and flew on some fantastic task force, um, a lot of counter-narcotic stuff. The RPVs have since changed to the first unmanned aerial vehicle, just doing some fantastic stuff. And then I was... In- Back in Okinawa for a short time during Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and then I worked a lot of counter-narcotics with Joint Task Force 6 out of El Paso in Phoenix, McAllen, Texas, and up in the Humboldt County area in California, and really had a wonderfully diverse and, and odd and unique career. really thoroughly enjoyed it. And then I met Beth the second first time I met her, and I was 35 at the time. She was 32, and I had orders out of state for three years, out, out of the country for three years. And I said to myself, I'm going to come back in three years, and she's going to be either married, engaged, or have a steady boyfriend, and I'd prefer all three of them to be me. So I, <laughs> I put the paperwork in, and it was different, a little different than I think at the time because we were a little at peacetime, so paperwork wasn't went off without a hitch. And Got married about a year and a half after that, and here we are. And then, oh, about 11 years ago, I, I was at a picnic at a school, and I, a young man, Kevin O'Brien, came up to me, pointed at me, and said, hey, you're Griff. You know everybody. And all the, all the people around me started laughing, and he said, I want to start a conference here for Catholic men. So I called all the people that I knew that were Catholic men, and two wonderful men, Randy Wikes and Matt Strub stepped up, and the four of us met 
at uh, Randy's dining room table in September, the September before their first conference in West Bend 10 years ago. And you know, we, by the grace of God, we were ju- we've just been blessed with uh, some phenomenal men that stepped up. Uh, Greg Brunslick with his company that helped us. Brock Heinz that did all the web design. A young man, he was 29 maybe at the time, 28, 29, just stepped up and did it all. Brand new wife, brand new job, brand new family. And out of nowhere, he comes up and designs our whole website for free. And let me tell you, Matt, Randy, myself, and Kevin had absolutely no knowledge of how to do that. But just the thousands of guys that had the last decade that have stepped up and have done wonderful things for us to help us spread spread the word of, of our Catholic faith throughout the archdiocese. Not only the, the archdiocese, but really throughout the United States right now. We've had people, I think, from about 14 or 15 different states attend the conference. And the word's getting out, and we were continually... Uh, being asked by people around the country to help set up more conferences. So the faith is growing. There's been a conference in St. Louis. There was a conference in Michigan last year, and we hope to continue growing. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, in the short time compared to you that I've been involved, in fact, just last year, we had a guy from Seattle come to check us out, a guy from Texas, I think the Dallas, Texas area, come by to check out Men of Christ. And they're very excited about expanding their programs that they have in those cities. So that's all very, very exciting and an impressive military career there. I really haven't gotten your whole resume so far. So that's that's good good to hear. It's sort of touching that they let you leave for, for love. You wouldn't think the Marines would do that, but they did. If they wanted you to have a wife, they would have issued you one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. and, and I don't think you would have liked her. So you did it the right way. That's good. Exactly. So, Pat, today, as, as you well know, there are many Catholics even who are of the opinion that the American military is is uh, primarily a source of evil in the world, oppression, destruction, and death. Not all, obviously. There's a real divide here. But many think that the, the whole concept of military force is antithetical to the peace of Christ. And to me, it seems like that sentiment's growing. I don't know. From your perspective, does it seem like it's growing among Catholics? And, and if so, why do you think it might be? I think it's growing. I think the dialogue and the debate and the discussion, fortunately, have been without rancor. I think it's growing a lot recently because 9-11 happened a long time ago. 30-year-old men were, what, 14, 15 years of age yeah, when yeah. that first happened. And it's 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 just alarming that we have not been able, for whatever reason, and there's numerous far too many that we can probably cover to to end this and to end it effectively and to end it efficiently. And unfortunately, whenever a military isn't is involved in an operation such as this, you have to end it violently. You can't end it peacefully. I've I've been a ardent supporter of when a nation goes to war and and our nation, when our nation goes to war, it should have first of all, it should be by an act of Congress that declares war. And it should be declared on an enemy. It shouldn't be declared on a state. You can never destroy or end terrorism. A war on terror means what? People are, terror can be walking down a dark street at nighttime all alone. We should have a defined enemy. And that enemy should be defeated. And that enemy should be defeated to the point of unconditional surrender. And then, and only then, at that time, should the United States begin the process of nation building like we did with Japan, like we did with Germany, and what General Marshall did so effectively with the, the people behind 
the Iron Curtain. Okay. So do you you feel that anti-military sentiment in some cases is is uh, is justified apparently or or oh if it's justified I think it's rationalized more more so than justified I think the 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 it's unfortunate but a lot of people most of our society has not served day in in the military the the 17 men that first and women that first ran for president as republicans none of them I believe had any military time active duty military time the democrats senator sanders and hillary clinton neither one of them had any military military time whatsoever i do not believe that the national security agency advisor susan rice has any military time whatsoever john kerry obviously did and what you think of john kerry i'll let you keep deep in the recesses of your heart but i think we've gone so far away from our society actually knowing what our military does on a daily basis and how it helps millions of people around the world daily, hourly. It's it's incredible the amount of help and aid that our military does in all throughout the world. And what, unfortunately, the media usually presents is when a, a, a an attack or a drone strike, something errant happens and there's civilian deaths. And, and that and that only seems to be what's processed in the media today. Yes, the media does seem to be feeding a kind of a narrative of aggression and callousness and not being culturally aware. And in in reality, certainly in Iraq, Afghanistan, there's been a good deal of cultural immersion from the military with the local cultures. And some might argue almost too much to the point where we're not fighting aggressively enough in order to end the the circumstances, as you say. But it's it's new territory. It's very, very dicey, very, very difficult. And what I want to do, we have to take a break here, but what I want to do is go to the catechism when we come back and look at some of the categories of just war doctrine and then just talk about that and how, how that plays in this new paradigm of, of, of terrorism and fighting enemies like ISIS or Al-Qaeda. So... If you folks will hang around, please come back. We're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with Pat Griffin talking about Catholicism in the U.S. military here on Men of Christ Radio. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Bill Wennington from the Church of St. Mary's and the Chicago Bulls. I, I believe Catholic Radio is important for all of us out there listening to help us through days when maybe our faith is being challenged by many different obstacles that are put in our way. and. It's a chance to reflect and just think and hear stories from other people that maybe are going through the exact same issues that we are going through and how they have struggled and how they are getting through their problems today. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. This is Joe Scheidler in Chicago. Want to learn some Latin? Well, here are three simple words that say it all. Ora et labora. That's the motto of the Benedictines, and that means pray and work. Pray for the 4,000 babies who will be cruelly killed in legal abortions today in American cities alone. 
but also work to end abortion. Pray and work. How do you work? Well, come out to an abortion clinic near you. Pray there, but also talk to the women going in. Offer them help. If you want to know how, give us a call. We're the Pro-Life Action League in Chicago. Call us at 773-777-2900. That's 773-777-2900. Or contact us at prolifeaction.org. Did you know that you can listen to WSFI local programming on demand? Full episodes of Pro-Life Today, WSFI Spotlight, Healing the Whole Person, Bursting Forth in Sound, along with our novenas, prayers, and devotions are available on your mobile device or online. For iPhone and iPad users, open the already installed podcast app and search for WSFI. Then click subscribe. Android users need to visit the Google Play Store, download the Stitcher app, create a free account, then search for WSFI. Add us to your favorites playlist by clicking the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. The full archive of local shows is also available at WSFIRadio.org. Need help? Call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Hi, I'm Juliana Tamarazzi, the host of Voice of Nineveh on WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM. Please join me in our studio audience every first Friday of the month at 11 a.m. to discuss matters which our Christian brothers and sisters face every day in the Middle East. To make reservations to be in the studio audience, please call us at 224-206-8455. That number again is 224-206-8455. Looking at term life insurance? Consider life insurance from Catholic Financial Life and see how we put Catholic values in action. To learn more, call Matt Tomlinson at 847-548-MATT. 847-548-6288. Are you enjoying this WSFI local program and want to share it with others? Visit WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen, Then Programming. That's WSFI Catholic Radio, Listen, Then Programming. We're back on Men of Christ Radio. This is Brian Farley. I'm talking with Pat Griffin, former Marine, co-founder, and vice president of Men of Christ. We're talking about Catholicism and the U.S. military. And we mentioned about the Catholic Catechism, which does deal with the topic of war and military usage and the proper usage of military force. As uh, what might be a surprise to some social justice Catholics, the Catholic Church does not condemn warfare outright. There's a whole section on it here uh, under the uh, fifth commandment, thou shall not kill. But sections 2307 through 2317, if you're following along at home, talks about war. And first and foremost, they say that, yeah, war ought to be avoided at all, as much as possible. Quoting here, all citizens and all governments are obliged to work for the avoidance of war. Seems reasonable. However, the catechism continues, Governments cannot be denied the right of lawful self-defense once all peace efforts have failed. So it goes on then to list legitimate points, uh, things that a government must do in order to proceed with warfare legitimately. Legitimate defense by military force. 
the damage inflicted by the aggressor has to be lasting, grave, and certain. All other means of putting an end to the conflict uh, have to have been shown impractical or ineffective. There must be serious prospects of success in the military effort. And the use of arms must not produce evils or disorders graver than the evil being eliminated, which is very challenging in this era of weapons of mass destruction. You've got nuclear, you've got chemical, you've got biological. So if, if those criteria are met, then according to the Catholic Church anyway, a nation is justified in employing military force. Now, this is challenging in the era of terrorism, because by the time you're attacked, it's too late. They've already done their damage. They've inflicted their damage, and they don't care about victory. If they kill people, they consider themselves victorious. So what do we do? George Bush went to Iraq saying, we're going to take the fight to them so that the fight doesn't happen here. And in light of 9-11, many people thought that's true. Others thought that was very wrong and evil. So should Catholics, what should we do? Should we just turn the other cheek and say, terrorists, do what you want? Or do we have a duty to try and stop them before they inflict their evil on other people? And what's the best use of our military force? So, Pat, with that long intro, I'll throw it at you and see if you have thoughts on this complicated moral dilemma here. Obviously, it's very complicated. And I think that one of the beautiful glories of being a Catholic in today's world is that we are the guardians of civilization. We're the guardians of our religion. We're the guardians of morality. We're, all, we're the guardians of all things beautiful, all things wonderful. We're the guardians of our faith in our society today. And, and having said that, I think when Christ left his disciples and said that he would leave the paraclete with them, he also said, I leave my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. And even being a former Mustang Marine, enlisted and officer, I think it's imperative that we in the Western civilization, especially the United States, prepare continuously for uh, protecting our, our homeland, protecting our allies, protecting our, our interests around the world. But having said that, I think it's even more imperative that we as Catholics have to understand that you know, we can take the fight to the enemy, but it's the enemy that has to unfortunately draw first blood because we're not called I believe, personally, as Catholics, to violate the catechism, to violate our faith and go out attacking people, assuming they're going to do something like that. One of the main concerns that a lot of people have um, with our administration, not just the Obama administration, but the Bush administration, and whether or not it's going to be a Trump or Clinton administration, is that the power and responsibility for determining whether these conditions are met, just like the catechism says, belongs to the those who have prudential judgment of those we have who have responsibility for the common good. So when you cast a vote this November, you should think a couple t very deeply about who you're casting your vote for, because you're going to be sending your sons and your daughters and your grandsons, your granddaughters and your neighbor's children to fight a war determinant on who we elect as president. Because to be quite honest with you, this war of terrorism, we haven't had any declaration from Congress to act. So that being said, what's happening in our military today, I mean, even today, Ash Carter, the secretary, I think, of the Navy, forgive me, I just came home from vacation, but the Pentagon just ended its ban on transgender soldiers in the military. Um, 
there's no conceivable military justification for this move whatsoever. None whatsoever. This is just, it's not about national security, it's about social engineering. The important thing for our military to be is, is, a, is a military that can project power across the seas using every single the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, Coast Guards, Merchant Marines, prepositioned goods throughout the entire world. Those are the things that we need to work effectively. The training should be Spartan. The training should be brutal. The training should be highly effective, highly efficient, and highly realistic. What we're doing in this last administration, as well as I believe, and some people might disagree with me, is, is during the Bush administration, is we sent military people here, there, and everywhere. And we sent them with rules of engagement that tied their, their, their hands behind their back until they actually became victims of our terrorists. I think if we're going to fight a war against anyone, we have to fight it effectively. And like Colin Powell said, we're going to have to do it efficiently. And by doing that, we're going to have to do it very, very violently. Because that, that violence is the only thing, unfortunately, on this planet, on this earth, on this fallen earth that we live in, because it's a fallen earth, violence, unfortunately, or the threat of violence is the only thing that bad guys seem to understand. And you can go back and, to history. I'm going to say that's kind of like a central paradox to this whole thing is that the violence, the level of the violence, the intent of the violence ends up almost being more righteous and compassionate so long as it's directed for legitimate self-defense of, of the innocent and, and the productive, it, it, it ends up becoming the, the, the better option. I mean, this, this argument, I would say, defends like the decision to drop the atomic bomb. It was horrific, but it, it prevented worse violence and worse death than had we not done it. My father was on a Navy ship uh, not too far away from the Sea of Japan in 1944, 45. So I think if, if Truman did not drop the bombs, and you can argue whether two were needed, but if he did not drop the bombs, you, you might be talking to someone else, and you might very well be talking to him in a completely different language. But having said that, too, if you look at what John, John the Baptist's acknowledgement that Roman soldiers can keep their jobs, that's, that's not denying that a person cannot be in the military. And, and even in Romans, Paul, Paul's observation that the state doesn't bear the sword in vain. We... When I was in the Marine Corps, when I was a Marine, Desert Shield, Desert Storm, uh, Neo operation in Somalia, the pull out of Noriega and Panama, those type of operations, those operations were what I would classify what Churchill and Roosevelt used to say in many of their speeches during World War II about protecting Christian civilization. If you look through all of the speeches, almost every single speech by those two gentlemen, especially Churchill's speeches, incorporated the phrase protecting Christian civilization. What I have a great concern about with our military today is our administration that is determining the type of military that we have, the State Department, the National Command Authority, the Pentagon, is our military in and of itself a weapon for good or as has it itself become a social program that is antithetical to Christian lifestyles, Christian beliefs, and Christian living. And it has it become so different and so changed just since the, the, since 96 when I left active duty? Has it become so changed that it's almost impossible for a Catholic man or, and or woman 
to serve justly in the military or on the complete other hand, do we need more men and women who are strong, solid Catholics to be on active duty so they can raise to the ranks of to, to generals and admirals where they can start affecting change that's positive, not only for our faith, but for our world and for our society, as well as young men and women who need to get into politics because we need unbelievably great, vibrant, faithful Catholics in politics. We cannot leave the political bar open to people who just want to run and just want to have power and just want to make decisions for themselves. We need people who have a knowledge of the catechism, who live their faith, who understand that life begins at natural conception and ends at natural death. And the value of that knowledge means that you will not put Marines or soldiers or airmen or sailors or Coast Guardsmen in harm's way. Because if you value each life with a, a worth and a wealth of, from the moment of conception to the moment of death, then you will not throw away any single private, any single lieutenant, any single captain just because you want to gain uh, value as being viewed as a statesman. A great point, and and a scary con- thing to contemplate is the the leadership, and if they don't have, frankly, a Catholic worldview, the the preciousness of human life, and they are in charge of this massive killing force. Wow, the consequences of that are are huge and terrifying both for the people on the receiving end of the, of the military, but also for the people in the military, because, yeah, they will be dispatched here and there to achieve whatever social engineering end we might have. And if there isn't a strong moral sense in the leadership, God help us all. And you can see that in in the history of participation by United States military forces. At the end of World War One. Uh, we were quite strong and, and, and powerful, but we were isolationists, so we wanted to stay away from more wars. At the end of World War II, the United States was such a powerful and dynamic country that we could have gained numerous amounts, millions of acres of territory around the world. And we did not. What did we do? Right. We, we went and we helped our fellow, our former enemies to become friends. Even in Vietnam, which I believe was uh, terribly misplaced, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But even in Vietnam, we worked side by side with the Vietnamese, with the Hmong, with people trying to build their society into a, a free democracy. Yes, we did a number of things wrong, and that's tragic. And you can't go back into history and rechange them and rewrite them. But the United States military is so strong, so powerful, so dynamic, that if we were not governed by men and women with Christian values, instead of protecting the weak and the needy and the defenseless across the world, we would be destroying them and attacking them and taking what is theirs. That is, I think that's what greatly separates the United States history and military actions as opposed to almost any other country around the world. That brings it back to, I mentioned at the introduction here, the quote from Ronald Reagan that that really resonates with me, the difference between the, the, the use of force for liberation and the use of force for conquest. And he emphasizes that there's a profound moral difference between the two, which seems obvious, but I, I think a lot of people fail to see that difference anymore on all sides of this argument. But yes, the, tr- the tradition of the United States military has been very much on the side of uh, using the force for liberation and for good. 
and God willing, we'll continue doing that. We're going to take another quick break here, and then, Pat, when we come back, I want to talk more about, from a personal standpoint, the concept of of discipline, military discipline, and spiritual discipline, and where there are some parallels there. So, folks, don't go away. We'll be right back on Men of Christ Radio with Pat Griffin right after these important messages. Stick around. Hello, I'm David Delighton from the Center for Medical Progress with the Planned Parenthood videos. Catholic Radio is so important to the pro-life movement because it's our Catholic faith that teaches us about the true value and dignity of the human person and the inestimable worth of every single beautiful child of God. And that's a message that all of us need to hear and need to continue to pay attention to and be inspired by every day of our lives and work. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Did you know that you can listen to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio from anywhere in the world? Our live internet stream is available at wsfiradio.org. Just click on Listen Live. We also stream on the TuneIn mobile app for your smartphone or tablet. For iPhone and iPad users, visit the App Store, download the TuneIn app, sign up for a free account, and then search for WSFI. Click follow to add us to your profile. For Android users, visit the Google Play Store, download the TuneIn app, sign up for a free account, and then search for WSFI. Click follow to add us to your profile. Need help? Call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Did you know you can listen to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio online? Visit WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen Live. That's WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen Live. All right, we're back on Men of Christ Radio. This is Brian Farley. I'm talking to Pat Griffin, formerly of the United States Marines and Vice President and Co-Founder of Men of Christ talking about being a Catholic and the U.S. military. I wanted to mention one of our guys, one of the founders of Men of Christ, along with Pat, Matt Strub, also United States military. Matt has over 29 years military experience in the Wisconsin Army National Guard, and he's not able to join us on today's show because he's right now, I believe, is he in Kansas, Pat? Yeah, I think he is at Fort Riley. Fort Riley in Kansas, and then he's about to be deployed to Afghanistan for a, I think, a one-year tour. 
And he's going to be, he's making military history, and correct me where I'm wrong here, Pat, but I believe he's going to be the first National Guardsman in charge of active duty military in a combat situation in Afghanistan. Is that correct? Uh, it's going to be a deputy commander of one of the combat aviation brigades, so, but it is military history. It is the first time a National Guardsman has been placed in that position in charge of active United States Army helicopter pilots. So, so, and that's just a testimony to Matt's level of professionalism, professionalism, dignity, dedication, and hard work. I mean, the man is just an outstanding soldier. He's an outstanding father, and he's an outstanding friend. You'd meet him, and you'd, you'd never know any of this about him because he's just so humble and, and, and gentlemanly and kind, and yet he's got this outstanding military career, and he's a great leader and commander and a great human being. So our, our salute to Lieutenant Colonel Matt Strubb and all of our military on this 4th of July weekend and always. Definitely. But, uh, if I can add, too, just continue praying for our men and women in our military service, uh, regardless of whether you think we're doing good or bad. These are human beings, and, and they're going through stuff that's incredible. I mean, every day, 22 veterans commit suicide throughout the United States. So just pray. Pray for, even if you don't like the military, if you hate the military, if you think the military is a force for evil, just just say, Jesus, help those men and women. That's all you can say. That would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. 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 What they go through is incredible. And most of us, like myself, are blissfully ignorant of the whole thing. And that's that's sad in many ways. Pat, as a, a Catholic man, while you were in the Marines in your military career, did you ever experience any conflict, cognitive dissonance, as we say in the modern psychology, between your Catholic faith and your duty to Christ and your military career and your duty to the U.S. Marines? No, I, I did not. I was fortunate. I thought almost every situation that I was placed in was was a, an act for good. Now, uh, I, I did a lot of, uh, most of my active duty stuff was peacetime uh, before all the, the Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm stuff. But I never did have any of that cognitive dissonance. I, I, I was incredibly blessed with the, who I served with, mostly men, because of, of where I served and, and what I did. But I always felt that we were a force for good. I always felt that we were benefiting society at large, not just the United States and not just our interests. I can remember being in the Philippines with Marines and we'd go down into Manila and work in in the the garbage dump people actually live i can marines corpsmen navy personnel soldiers are continuously doing great acts of mercy great acts of uh, christian generosity and charity that are their daily acts of, of of mercy and love that are never never even broadcast because most of the guys and the women that i've met in the military we're not the type of people that that need attention we're not the attention seekers we're just we just like to do a good job a job well done and seek self-improvement, and we hope to set the example for our junior Marines and junior officers as, as you go up. But I never had any problem with anything that we did, not, not, none, none whatsoever. Make a great point. Consider that this is a massive force of volunteers, people who choose to serve, usually at some degree of sacrifice to themselves, sometimes extraordinary sacrifice to themselves, so yeah, you have a community, a population of unusual human beings right off the bat. I think too, you have a lot of, for example, when I was down at Company L in, in Guantanamo Naval Base, 
We cert- we lived in barracks that were uh, was a condemned building, had holes in the ceiling and stuff, and there wasn't any complaining. We banded together, band of brothers type of thing. But, but we all lived. Uh, I think there there was a maybe a motif or a characteristic of most of the guys I knew were we were drawn to that that self discipline that it gets instilled in boot camp or officer candidate school, and then it just grows on you and grows in you until you don't even realize that that the type of Spartan lifestyle that you're living and, and the benefits from that type of, of, of lifestyle, mentally, uh, spiritually, physically, uh, unfortunately, not too many financial benefits. But uh, <laughs> other than that, it, that, that type of lifestyle, when you are working towards a common goal, when you're working towards a common good, I think one of the uh, great analogies uh, between the military and the men of Christ is our goal from way back when was building a bridge back to the faith for, for men. And by getting the man, you get the family. By getting the family, you get the neighborhood. By getting the neighborhood, you get society, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the analogy is you have to be disciplined. You have to be dedicated. You have to be aware, situationally aware that you're going to make mistakes. We're sinners. We're Catholics. But it's not a mistake. It's a, it's, it's a challenge that needs to be overcome. And it's also a challenge that you have to learn lessons from so that you can move forward dynamically and, and do so in a way that benefits your fellow man. And I, I see a great analogy between, especially the United States Marine Corps being a, a, a former Marine. I, I'm a little bias there and and the men of Christ we're we're trying to do our best as as soldiers for Christ as centurions for Christ guarding our faith and marines were uh, most every single marine i met tried to do his best every day and the ones that didn't well they get identified very quickly now you bring up a good point the the concept of discipline something the church used to speak of very strongly, really for most of its history. St. Paul in Ephesians talking about put on the armor of God and that our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities, the idea of a spiritual war and that we need to be armed and we need to be disciplined and we need to resist evil. That that whole concept, the, the idea of the church militant, the language itself was very almost militaristic in terms of a spiritual warfare. And certainly in my lifetime, I'm 51, I've almost heard none of that until I got involved with Men of Christ. Right. And, you know, I I think, too, though, when you look at at the phrase put on the armor of Christ, what is that armor that Christ is talking about? What is that armor that Paul was writing about? I'll I'll be completely honest with you. Last March, I had an opportunity to drive Bishop Dime from Nigeria around and there was a time in my life where the armor of Christ was like march forward and get rid of your enemies. And it, it greatly has changed to that armor of Christ is, is a daily prayer. That armor of Christ is an interior prayer life. That armor of Christ is uh, taking advantage of the sacraments, knowing that I'm a sinner, knowing that I'm going to sin again. And more than likely, like like the, you know, my confessor understands, I'm probably going to keep doing the same sin over and over. But through Bishop Dime. Uh, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, Brian, I, I felt like I was driving around a modern-day saint, yeah. loving, gentle, kind, faithful, fervent in prayer in the in the automobile, outside the automobile, walking, meeting people out on the street. Just a beautiful, wonderful man. He was just absolutely incredible. And the thing about putting on the armor of Christ and him 
that made a connection for me was he was praying for some time for U.S. military aid to come into Nigeria and to rid uh, Nigeria of Boko Haram. And then he had an apparition where he was praying for a way to rid Nigeria of Boko Haram and save his people from this terrible terror. And he, he's, I believe it, he saw Mary handing him what looked like and appeared to be a sword. And when he reached out to grab it, it turned into a rosary. And pray the rosary, pray the rosary, pray the rosary. And it is amazing the amount this man and a number of Catholics... 500 of his churches in his archdiocese have been burnt to the ground. Thousands of his followers of his in, in Nigeria have left the country of Nigeria because of terrorism. He's there and he is converting Boko Haram terrorists to the Catholic faith. So he's not just ending the terrorist threat. He's not just calling in military strikes against the terrorist threat. But more importantly, and if we all believe this to be true, he is saving the souls of these young men who were murderers, rapists, terrorists, etc. And that, more importantly than defeating terrorism by military aid, he's defeating terrorism by love and, and a very fervent love. Will he be murdered someday? I obviously, I pray for him every day. I hope not. But in the situation he's in, who knows? One never knows. And but I think that man, for me, was such a shining example of what the true armor of God is. Even in the garden, when Christ says, put your swords away, I mean, the, the, the indignity of the passion. I mean, even if, you're, even if you're not Christian, think about this. Someone who created a bunch of these things, sees these things are not doing well, sends his son to go help these things, and not only that, his son dies for these things. I mean, that in itself is kind of amazing. And, 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 he, and Christ had all the power in heaven to destroy all of his enemies when he walked the earth. And he showed a completely different way of attacking hatred, and that hatred was with love. And I think that's why he was so misunderstood by so many people and continues to be so misunderstood in our faith and our faith alone does our God die for us. And that is one of the unbelievably wonderful tenets of, of the Catholic faith and the Catholic belief. Our God died for us. Our God took our sins upon his shoulders. Our God was brutalized, traumatized. Our God was spat upon. Our God was crucified and no other religion no other faith has a God like that. Our God's power is love, and it's not uh, power projection. It's not military strikes. It's not drone strikes. It's not uh, any of that type of, of, of temporal strength. It's all a spiritual strength. And I'm Irish. I have a temper. I, I tell my wife it's not me. It was, it's at a cellular level. But uh, <laughs> So there's nothing I can do with it. But the reality is the the... Ability to turn the other cheek, even on a daily basis, even in like you know the traffic you had today coming back through the brewer traffic, yes, and not not becoming irritated, not becoming mad, not becoming whatever, but realizing that the idiot driving the car next to you like a moron is a son of God, and 
And that's kind of hard on a daily basis. But And sometimes we forget about that. But when we realize that, I mean, the work that Bishop Dee made, he's converting terrorists to Christ. That That is just, that's astounding. And that is such a beautiful, in my mind, a beautiful prayer and meditation for every day. If, if this man can go out to those who want to kill him and bring them to Christ, then why can't I go out to my neighbor across the street that might be irritating and extend my hand in, in, in peace as opposed to making a fist? The level of, I bring it back to discipline, but the, the discipline, because I, I had a chance to ask Bishop Dime as well, how do you keep from hating these people and how do you keep your, your congregation from hating Boko Haram? And basically it's prayer. And so prayer is is the weapon. It's also the food, the nourishment, the strength that helps you to, to be incredibly courageous and strong in that particular field of battle. And, exactly. and also, yeah. I think, go no, ahead. I, I was just going to add that that self-discipline that he has is, 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 I think, John Pridmore, who has spoke at our conference twice, he mentioned Mother Teresa having no fear. And she had no fear of anyone because of her love for Christ. I think that was evident in Bishop Dime, at least for me. His love for Christ was so strong, so permeated every every microbe of this man's body. I mean, I was driving him in some bad traffic in Milwaukee, and the typical Pat Griffin irritation was popping up, and <laughs> and and Bishop Dime would be would would just utter, "Oh, this this something something like we're blessed to be in." amongst these people today. I'm thinking, I don't know what you define as blessing, but the, the, it, it was so beautiful that he has no fear of what the enemy can do to his body. Right, which right. Christ tells us, don't fear what they can do to your body, fear what they can do to your soul, because his soul is so enriched with a fervent love for Christ that there is no bodily fear. If you're going to hurt me, hurt me. If you're going to kill me, kill me. But you can't destroy me because I love Christ so much. And on a 100-yard football field, I'd be about 99 yards away from that because I still need to grow, as all of, us, all, all of us need to grow every day in our faith and our love for Christ. And I think it's so easy in our society today to point fingers and hatred that we need the daily discipline of prayer. We need a weekly discipline of confession, of Holy Communion. We need to get on our knees and, and realize in a profound sense of humility that this life that we are blessed with is not ours to do whatever we want to, but it is a testimony to our God and our Creator. And in this life, we should do as much as we can, as much as we're blessed by the Holy Spirit to bring the word of love, to bring the word of God, because God is love to as many people as we can. One of the greatest teachings is love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I think it takes a lot of self-discipline in our world today because there are so many different things you can get your mind distracted on. But it takes a lot of self-discipline in our world today to truly love ourselves. And that means we have to love ourselves as a servant. We have to love ourselves as someone who is faithful. We have to love ourselves as someone who, who is humble and understands that we make mistakes. Because when we can look at ourselves and say, I can, I've made a mistake here, I need to grow, then we can look at a neighbor or someone who is an enemy now and say, they've made a mistake, 
they need to grow. And the only way I might be able to help them right now is to get on my knee and pray for them. And that takes self-discipline. A lot of what you're saying here brings it back to the idea of love is greater than fear. And that's kind of, in the, in the again, in the military context, the whole band of brothers idea. I've heard it, uh, you've experienced it, I'm sure. It, the When guys are fighting in, in, in combat, for instance, you're not necessarily thinking about the flag or the, you know, the history of the United States or even mom and apple pie. You're thinking about your buddies in your in your your platoon here and saving each other from being killed. And it's that love, that that intense brotherhood is what makes a hero out of men who will face death because of your love for your buddies, your group. Even the concept of, of giving your life, there's no greater love uh, than giving your life for a friend. When you go through certain obstacles, you go through certain hardships, whether it's boot camp, whether it's OCS, whether it's SIR training, whether it's infantry training, whatever type of training, there is, there's a vibrant, dynamic connection that's formed and forged between the men or the, 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 the men and women or whomever go through that test. And like you mentioned, there there's a true love, a love of, of reality, a Christian, true, faithful love for your fellow man standing next to you. And, and it's, it's just amazing. I, I was in some situations, you, you, you don't think, oh, this is for old glory or this is for whomever. What you think for is, I, I need to help. I need to be effective and efficient and help the person next to me do my best job so the Marine next to me survives and do our best job so whomever we're trying to help survives as well. And then working out all the, the meaning and the, of, of these notions and differences, we got to realize that all of these things in military and self-discipline, they all boil down to a simple question. And that simple question should be asked every day. How do I serve you today, Lord? How best can I serve you today? And I think for, I'm 54 now, it may, it's taken me 54 years to realize that. And it might take me another 54 to realize how I can get to that step. But being blessed to meet people like John Pridmore and Bishop DeMay and a number of wonderful men that I served with in the United States Marine Corps, really incredibly faithful Catholic men. It was just an incredible blessing. My career, I could not have, I could not have asked for a better career, even if I planned it myself. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode of Men of Christ Radio. Thanks to Pat Griffin, our guest, for his insight on this issue on the 4th of July here. Thanks also especially to our troops, our men and women in the armed forces, past, present, and future. God bless you. We really do love you. We really do appreciate you, and you are heroes, truly. Let's conclude this episode, as we always do, with a prayer. As we started, we'll end up with our uh, prayer to St. Michael. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. A good prayer in lieu of talking about warfare and spiritual warfare as well. Also, I want to thank Bill Snyder, our producer uh, at WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM, all the management at the radio station, and all of you for listening to Men of Christ Radio. We'll be back 
next episode with Kyle Clement, who's an expert in exorcism and uh, spiritual warfare. So you'll want to tune in for that one. Again, I'm Brian Farley, Men of Christ Radio. Thanks so much for listening. God bless. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Men of Christ Radio on WSFI 88.5 FM, Catholic Radio. For more information on this or any other radio program, visit wsfiradio.org or email info at wsfiradio.org. To learn more about the Men of Christ, visit menofchrist.net.